You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. Today's going to be a great podcast. I love bringing on authors. I love bringing on entrepreneurs. And when I can get a mesh of the two, I really get excited. But when they can show you how to make money, then we've hit the trifecta. And that's what we have going on today. I have Travis King with me here today. How are you, Travis? Hey, I'm doing great, Sean. Blessed. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you. Well, you've, you know, I love real estate, but you've got something a little bit different. And that's why I, I wanted to have you on the podcast you know how to make money using the land. And so you're the author of the land, the land <laughs> investors playbook. So when did you hit that? Okay. We don't need to have anything on this. All we need is the land. Yeah. Well, it, it um, I won't take you too far back because it's a short show, but let's say um, after several, you know, failed side hustles and, and some um, attempts at house investing and, you know, around the 08 recession era, you know, that, that didn't work out so well, I stumbled across land and land flipping. And it uh, it just seemed a lot less complex. And we weren't dealing with kind of those, you know, three R's, the the renters, you know, the renovations, you know, um, the rehabs, right? Um, we really weren't having to deal with uh, any of that stuff, like tenants, you know, move outs, you know, just all those things that you well, deal with when you have rentals. Well, I personally knew a, 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 a very close member of our family with she did is she owned the land under trailer parks yeah and it was the holy grail of of money because i just drove one by the other day and i joked i even said to my wife i'm like yeah. of all the real estate that would be the one i would like to own and it was under a trailer park on the outskirts of town i'm like no re just what you said no repairs yeah you know it's just i said that's gold and this lady made a fortune off of it and i just recently had someone that i had was personally consult coaching who was yeah. doing something similar. And I, that's why when I saw your, you know, your book, I was like, wow, this, this might be gold. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, when we found it, like you said, Holy grail, right? You said it, yeah. not me. That's how I felt too. I was like, this is the Holy grail of cash flow. Cause we had found something that um, we could sell cash or we could sell on payments. Like you're saying, and kind of get money forever or like in their situation where they're, they're essentially leasing it out for lot rent just exactly. perpetually, right? Well, it goes up in value. And then if at any time they get tired of running that, you know, they can sell it off or pull the, those mobile homes off and the lands probably went up over the decades it's been sitting there, right? So yeah, it's really this overlooked asset because it's kind of the, the less sexy, kind of the boring asset of just being dirt, right? Where everybody's really, you know... Um, interested in and gets excited about understandably you know about houses and remodeling and you know all these home shows and stuff like that and land is kind of just this you know <laughs> this boring so what, dirt thing but it's yeah very but what is the ideal right oh I, I apologize didn't mean to interrupt you there at the end i guess i'm just excited because i own land so i, I i'm like I'm, i want to ask these questions so again no, i apologize ahead. for that little interruption there but what is the ideal land that you have found is is so good well, there's two types. There's rural vacant land, right? Which somebody might, like I'm in Phoenix. So somebody might in the heat of the summer, they might want to go up north a couple hours with higher elevation. They might want to take the kids camping, pull the you know camper up there, or maybe even buy some land to eventually build a cabin or something, right? So that would be like rural vacant land. It can be recreational or it could be like for a cabin property. And then the other is like residential lots. Like you're thinking like, that vacant lot when you drive through a neighborhood or in your town, you know, and it's the only one without a house on it. 
Um, so kind of the residential infill lot, those are kind of our two product types, rural vacant land and residential lots. So we do both. Yeah. So I own two really good residential land. I, I love real estate. I just, I just, it's just an asset that even when it goes down, it never goes down. Like yeah. that's what I tell people. I, unlike the stock market and I've got a, a good bit in, I'm an index fund guy. I don't, I don't mess or I don't try anything risky because I have bought stock that the next day was worth zero. It is the only asset I'm aware of that can disappear. Right. It's just not, that's just it. That's why we love yeah. land. It's so tangible, right? Is there anything more like tangible than land itself? So for me, I'm and with it's finite. the thing, right? There's a finite amount of land. Like, you know, there's only more people coming around. There's less land. So I, I have two residential lots. And what I did is that whenever I see a new neighborhood going up, yeah. And a lot of times the builder will buy them all up. There'll be a designated builder or two builders that have everything. But yeah. anytime there's not, I buy I buy the lot because they're doing all the work for me. You know, they're going to put yeah. the entrance sign, the infrastructure. And then right. at some point I'm going to be sitting on a lot or two and, and they're going to do all the marketing. And two years into this, I'm going to be able to, you know, make a really nice return on my money. But what other than those situations, what are the ones that you like? Because I, I know that works. So, yeah. So what we do really are the, the secret sauce here. What we do is targeting off market landowners, meaning it's not for sale. Nobody's aware of it. Right. So um, everybody has to pay their property taxes. So therefore, you know, the assessor keeps this long roll, right? An assessor tax roll of every property. So what, that's essentially what we do is we market to that entire assessor role or just values that are in our range that we're going after. And everybody that doesn't have their land listed, we're, we're essentially targeting. And with the goal of trying to find the, the don't wanters, you know, the people that have maybe owned it for a couple decades, never did what they thought with it. But it's always a very small percentage. Um, but because you of could that, buy you this know, list, you could buy this list. You can buy this list. There's several um, several data sources. There's PropStream, Property Radar, Priced, Data Tree. I mean, I could name several. Well, I love they that you're giving this away. These title companies, yeah, I don't gate anything. I'll give you everything here. So these title companies, they, a lot of them have done the heavy lifting for us. They aggregate a lot of the county assessor data. And then a lot of them have like these software products they resell you know, to investors or to companies that allow you to go in there and just pull these lists of certain property types. And is this, you know, the and then we market to those lists. My question is, is that, is it typical where you would, you just uh, example, I, I look at like tax assessment, let's say the property, the tax assessment is 200,000. Generally tax assessments are a little low. Yep. As a rule where I'm at, they're about 20% lower than what you could probably sell it for. Agreed, so my, yeah. my general rule is when I try to buy anything, I try to buy it 20% under the tax assessment because yeah. that way, worst case scenario, I know I got some profit and listen, Hey, nine people say no. I only need one to say yes. Yeah. Yep. So what, what is the magic number that you, you guys are trying to. Yeah. So I would say we, we take it a, well, a step farther. Okay. In that um, 25 or 30 may say no and one say yes, but that's because we're trying to buy it. Not just at that 20% discount. We're actually trying to buy it at 50% or more discount. Okay. So, so you're going deep. So we're going deep in that we really, really, we're conservative and we really like to insulate ourselves from risk, right? 
And we just want to know slam dunks and layups only. We want to know that we're going to do well when we resell it. Like you said, Lant, the it's never going to go down to nothing. But if we buy it for half price, we're in pretty good shape if there is some sort of correction. And and, and, and that's amazing. Like <laughs> getting tingles here. Why didn't I think of that? No, I thought 20%, you know, because I'm in a, a pretty, a, you know, a very, I guess I just never think anybody will take less. Well, and so here's an example, though, because like that's when I tell people this, I go, hey, I'm not going to, you know, pull wool over your eyes. It's not like people are lining up to sell their land for half price or more, but it's a numbers game. Okay. So we might send out four or 5,000 letters. Okay. 40 people might respond to to that so one percent of the whole list might only respond and then of that we might get one or two deals but what again of those one or two deals if we're buying for 50 percent all the way up to like 75 percent discount the margin's really good right so it's it's always a numbers game um but yeah it's so it, it's a small percentage of people that say yes but when they do it's a highly profitable situation. Yeah. Something tells me you guys might buy these at cash, but I would think at 50%, a bank would not have a problem throwing you the money anyway. Right. We No, we do buy them cash. Right now we buy them yeah. cash. Um, we also, like we own, co-own a capital company where we fund because we teach this as well. We'll, we'll fund or provide capital um, on a joint venture basis to, to our students. If they find a deal that they don't have enough money to take down themselves, right? We'll joint venture with them. But yeah, the, the residential lots kind of in town that are going to be built on are easier to get loans on from the bank. But kind of the rural vacant land is tough to get a bank, you know, to, yeah, to lend I was, on. I was thinking you guys would would bankroll that. And I, and I love the model. My brain's kind of processing all the pieces. Because obviously, if you got, you know, students, then they'll find the deals for you, which is the hardest part of the deal. The two hardest parts of this deal is a finding the deal and funding the deal. Finding and funding. Correct. Correct. So that's the beauty, though, is we obviously we don't have all the money in the world. Right. So we have relationships with dozens of other funders where if I have a student that comes to me and is like, hey, I can't fund this, you know, I go, hey, well, I know this company works that area. Let me send you over here. So the goal is to never let a deal go to waste because somebody's short on money. Right. And that was a problem we solved for ourselves when we got started. We didn't start with much money, my wife and I. So it was a problem we had to solve, go out and find other people's money. So that we could kind of use our own money on the marketing, you know, on the mailing and the calling and that piece of it. And then the big expensive chunk, which was buying properties, um, we would joint venture and we'd use other people's money. Um, and, and then just with time, markets change, markets shift, and we, we learn more things, right? So that's where we have to develop plays for the playbook. And that's kind of where like the, the rural vacant land, the residential lots, some people would start with just one strategy. Let's say their one strategy is only buying buildable lots and then selling those to builders. Well, like recently, right, when interest rates went way up and the builders pumped the brakes on building, if that's the only play in the playbook, you're in a spot, right? So that's kind of where over the years we've developed what I call our plays in the playbook, where we would then in markets like this, we would lean heavier on rural vacant land and selling on payments. You know, and that allows us to kind of weather that storm when the builders aren't building. Um, or and then we have other things like we we subdivide, you know, so there's a number of different strategies we can use um, that allow us to kind of make the most with each deal or recognize each property sometimes has different exit strategies. You know, so as they we're reviewing that property, we kind of go, all right, let's 
what's the highest and best use of this property? How do we maximize profit on this deal? No, it's an incredible business model. I have Travis King. He's the author of the Land Investors Playbook. And since I politely interrupted you twice, I was gonna, I was gonna shut up, and I was gonna, you, I was gonna wait till your mouth wasn't moving, and I was gonna count to five, like I'm doing like a boxer's knockout punch. Uh, I, I love what you're doing, and 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 I know that it works because I have personally, you know, personally done it, and I would share this with the audience, which I've shared with you before. I'm going to give you an incredible mathematical equation. And if you get it, it'll change your life. 50% of a lot is better than 100% of a little. Okay, let me say that again. This is like the EM squared, okay, to all the right. scientists, to anybody as an entrepreneur and as a real, as an investor, 50% of a lot, which means I bring somebody in. Okay, I found the deal but I can't get this deal to the goal line unless somebody can provide something I need. I did this when I first started. When I bought the property from my office where my complex is right now, I found an incredible deal. I There's no possible way I could have got it to the goal line. Did not have the credit score, did not have the cash, brought in a partner who literally sent over his credit score and his income from last year and the deal was done in like 15 minutes. He wired the money by the end of the day, deal was done. That deal, I can't even tell you how much money I've made. We both still own it. And I always go to bed at night where people go, well, don't you wish you would have owned it? I go, no, because deep down, I know I would have never got it. Right. So I, I don't regret something that I know I would have never got. And it's a mindset shift. Okay. It's a mindset shift because like you said, I say as a very similar message. I say, you know, 60% of a watermelon is better than a hundred percent of a grape. That's what exactly. I say, right? So you you know what I mean? You can, you can, because we were at this point where we were doing a lot of small deals ourselves. My wife and I were doing it with the business. We were doing a lot of small deals ourselves because we were only using our own capital. And that's, we could only target smaller deals because we'd have to buy one, wait for it to resell to bring the money back in, you know? And then I kind of learned reading Robert Kiyosaki and stuff. I really like had that shift of leveraging other people's money. So once we we got out of our comfort zone and started going out there and doing some of that, um, we realized that. And, and when I have that conversation, sometimes people will go, well, I have to do twice as many deals then if I'm splitting it. No, and I say, no, deals. do four times, do a deal that's four times as big as you could do on your own and split that. You know, so like you said, it's yeah. a math, it's a math game, but it's also a mindset shift um, that we all have to have at some point. I'm a fanatic about partnerships. My next book's going to be about partnerships, but I, I look at the real estate deal. I mean, there's multiple deals that I did that there is no way I could have got it. But this is another thing I've learned. A lot of people that have money are really, really busy and they're waiting for somebody to bring something to them. Like this is also in their playbook. They, you know, they, they have the money. They don't run around looking at these deals. So if you bring them one that they vet, and they think is good. They're happy to do it. In other words, it's a win-win all the way around. No, it, it truly is. There's always that situation where there's a camp that has more time than money and then a camp that has more money than time, right? So if these two can converge and find a win-win situation, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I have Travis King with me here today, the author of the Land Investors Playbook. I highly encourage you to get that book, but something tells me here in the closing, he's going to tell us how we can find out a little bit more about his school. And so I don't let a lot of people pitch on my show, but I'm going to let him share that. Oh yeah. Well, I'm happy. So you'll hear it's a pretty soft pitch. And that when I, back when I was just learning myself, you know, I'm becoming an investor, 
whenever I had questions, I found it just irritating when somebody would say, well, you got to buy the course, you know? So as, as it got in a position where I'm educating and training people, I said, you know, I'd like to create a way where people can, instead of watching YouTube videos for several months or reading blog articles like I had to do to piece it all together, I said, I'd like to put something together that's 100% free. And at least you're oriented and you understand it without having to get your credit card out, right? So I do have, when you go to travisking.com, we have a free seven-day land flipping challenge, which essentially you can spend seven days, you know, five plus hours of content here, just, you know, learning and getting oriented with land, video training for 100% free. So you can you can find that at our website, travisking.com. And then the book is thelandinvestorsplaybook.com. And really what the book was, was as we got more experience over the years, we would learn not every property was the same. And that sometimes it made sense to have a different exit strategy. So we learned that some, it made more sense to subdivide the property than just to leave it whole, you know, and really maximize profits. Um, we also learned along the way when we were pulling these lists that we would occasionally have an owner that would call us and they would have four or five properties, right? And we had a situation where we had an owner that had 30 properties, one owner. And I got to thinking, hey, can't I just pull these lists of only the owners that own duplicate properties? So this is really a light bulb moment. And it's a key play in our playbook now that I call the portfolio takedown, where we just target duplicate owners, Sean. So our lists are only people that own two or more lots. Okay. So when we get, I, when I like we get that, that two it's for really, one. what's that? I like that two for one, two, two to yeah. three for one, uh, the effort of one. Yeah, two or three. I had a student who got 37 in one this year in my mastermind. So that's pretty incredible. But that's just some of the plays in the playbook. And then I teach people how to target like waterfront lots. You know, I call it trophy properties. So that's kind of what the playbook is about is, is really helping people go after these, these uh, specialized properties that have outsized returns, you know, within land. And it's kind of advanced, um, advanced land flipping strategies. Um, it's really what the book is. And it, I just took what we built over the years, our own playbook. And I just said, all right, let's let's kind of stand this up. And it can be something I can hand out instead of answering the same question over and over. I can just share share my playbook with people. I appreciate it. Again, I have Travis King with me here today. I encourage you to, if you're looking to grow a real estate portfolio, I, I think he has a unique way of doing it. And you can't beat a free class. And you have his book, The Land Investor's Playbook but you can go to travisking.com as well. That'll all be in the show notes. Travis, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Sean. Thanks, audience. Thank you. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Get Started Marketing. If you need help, you don't know, you know, why, why are your competitors always coming in the Google rankings out of you? Guess what? They're going to solve that problem at an actual affordable price. You don't know how to do paid ads. You don't know how to, you know, get good quality target customers. They can handle that for you too. They do it in a very simple kind of three steps. It's the simplest program that I've seen. So I encourage you to reach out to getstartedmarketing.com. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Would you tell somebody this week about it? That's all I ask. This is the one podcast that gives you probably the most in the least amount of time because your host gets really impatient. So thank you for listening and we will talk again soon.